Derek Pryor joins us today on our takeover from North Hampshire Repair Cafe. Morning, Derek. Morning, Roger. Thank uh, you for having me. That's all right. So the Repair Cafe, sir. I've got to ask you, uh, discovery of journey like we do with most people when they come in for the takeover. How did we come to this particular part of your life? Well, interesting. It's a long story, but I'll make it short. I, uh, I've always been passionate about the environment and sustainability. Back in the 70s, I, I was all fired up. I was fired up by The Who and Led Zeppelin and lots of other explosive music from the 70s. I picked up a book at, at uni it was called Polluting Britain by Jeremy Bugler. And do you know what, Roger? It made me mad. It made me so angry to discover what a mess this country had been making, even back in the 70s of the environment. That gave me a lifelong passion. That one little book by Jeremy kick-started me. I did a PhD in air pollution minimization. And in the last 15 years, sustainability in the environment, we all know has rocketed up the agenda, whether it's, uh, it's companies, uh, government, uh, communities, and may, more important, in the pub. I bet if I was uh, having a pint with you in the pub, we at some point would be talking about the environment and, and the planet's on fire. I wanted to do something about it. So two years ago, sitting in a pub with Tim, having a pint, said, Tim, let's set up a repair cafe which is where customers from the community bring in their broken stuff from the home and we do our best to fix it. Hampshire County Council are right behind this initiative. I should have mentioned there's 280, 280 repair cafes here in the UK, 2,800 worldwide. So it's a proven model. We got a grant from Hampshire Council who were very generous and we've gone from strength to strength. We've recruited 22 volunteers like me that just like fixing things. Fixing things ranging from teddies to toasters to kettles. And um, so we've had 13 meetings and I can tell you how far we've got in those. OK, we'll do that in just a couple of minutes when we return. So it all started from reading this book and who would have thought, what did you want to do when you were at school or did you have no idea? At school? Mm. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just doing maths, physics and chemistry. And I thought, well, where next? And so I, I, somewhere along the way, I ended up in chemical engineering. But my career has been in IT, information technology. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible journey. So 280 repair cafes across the United Kingdom. Something that I didn't even realise, which was around. Now then, obviously, we have to mention it somewhere along the lines today on our takeover, the repair shop on the TV. One, are you a fan? I think it's amazing. I, I get inspired by it and lots of people tell me they do the same when you see people collecting their repaired clock or jukebox. Who could fix a jukebox? Blimey, that's hard. Or a teddy, repaired teddy, which has been in the family forever. Very often they're in, they're in tears and I admire the skill of the craftsman doing the fixes. So you do on, on a smaller scale than that, don't you, at the Repair Cafe. So how does it work then? You have these meetings and people come along. How does it work? Explain. Yeah, good question. So we've been in meetings and they're getting busier. That's all I can say. 13 meetings. Customers can go onto our website and they can pre-book something they'd like us to look at when they come in to the next meeting. But you know what? Three quarters of people just turn up on the day and it's quite a, quite a thrill. We never know what's going to come through the door. It's quite exciting, actually. 
So we meet from 10 till 1. We try and fix things on the day. If we may have to um, uh, send away for some spare parts, we'll help the customer. We may take something home. For example, a chair needs re-gluing or a necklace needs re-stringing or... Um, Two months ago, I took six table lamps home and managed to get them all, all working again. So it works between 10 and 1. Excellent. It's a, great, it's a great philosophy and also, obviously, great for the planet, what you're doing there. I think so, because in those 13 meetings, I'll tell you about the numbers, um, we've avoided one tonne of stuff, those broken teddies and kettles not going to the, to the recycling centre. And by virtue of avoiding repurchases of that new portable Dyson vacuum cleaner um, or a new, uh, for example, that has saved five and a half tonnes of greenhouse gas emissions, which would be generated if you buy those that new stuff. But of course, the best thing, of course, is how much money is it saved, we're often asked. And I'm, I'm really proud that the team of people we've built up over those 13 meetings, we've saved over £33,000 of avoided purchases. Now, in tough times, that's not bad, I hope. It's not bad at all. So people come in, they want you to repair something or whatever, make a donation to you? Yeah, that's, yes, I should have said that. Good, good. Well done for pointing that out. Yeah, after we've, we've fixed, uh, fixed your kettle, then uh, you can either give us um, a voluntary cash donation. It's up to you. Some people, if, if they're really hard up, uh, then the smile on their face is good enough. Usually, people do want to give us, they can either give us cash, credit card donation, or guess what, on our web- website, um, we've got a little magic donate button. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll get that address from uh, Derek in just a few minutes. Uh, what your favourite item is that has been brought in? A favourite item? Well... Do you know what? That's a brilliant question. And I, I think I know the answer to that because there's all sorts of examples where uh, I've, uh, I've really got a thrill out of fixing them. But in the very first meeting, Angela came in and she said, Derek, I can't bring my electric reclining chair in and my legs are really bad. Nobody will come to my home to even look at it, to try to fix it. Will you have a look? And I thought, well, that's not quite our model of bringing stuff to me. But I went to Angela's house, and to cut a really long story short, thinking I didn't have a chance of fixing it, I turned it over, wiring looked great to me, plug was okay, very often it's just the fuse that's gone, no, that was all right. But there was an adapter, a mains adapter box connected to the wire, and I turned it over, and there was a sliding cover. So I had to slide the cover back, and there was a little PP9 9-volt battery, which looked really old and dusty. Now, at this point, Angela got excited. Derek, Derek, I'm going to nip down to Tesco's and buy one. Shall we try replacing it? So I said, well, it's worth a go, Angela. I I don't know. Angela came back. We put the battery in. It worked first time. Angela was in tears. She gave me a lovely donation. And best of all, she gave me a bottle of a homemade elderflower cordial. So that meant a lot to Angela. I suppose that's probably my lasting memory. Oh, yeah, but you've 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 done something out there, haven't you? You've kind of turned something magical back for for that particular person, and I think that's what you love about your job. It is, and I think probably you know more than than all of the savings and the benefits to the environment. Uh, all of my team would agree to say that the thing that gives them the greatest thrill 
is seeing the smile on the customer's face when they go out of the, the village hall and say, I didn't think you would be able to fix this. Thank you for fixing this. And I'm going to tell all my friends. Yeah, and I think that's what it's all about there. It's all a bit of a mystery sometimes when you don't know what's arriving, which I can imagine is quite exciting, though. Although a bit of a challenge as well. What are you going to get? That's right. And that challenge, seeing the customers walk through the door, all of my repair colleagues look eagerly to see, what's he carrying? <laughs> what's what's it? under the wrap? <laughs> well, we've got one customer walked in with two big packages under his arms and they were disco lights. Right. And we managed to fix the disco lights, but it's, we never know what's coming through the door. Although there's loads of kettles and teddies and table lamps equally hope you haven't got an electric corded lawnmower or hedge trimmer because no end of people bring them in and they've cut through the cord and we have to we have to reconnect them so um we, we, we do a lot of that yeah which is for most people well no i'm not saying most people because i wouldn't have a clue where to start with something like that but it's that sense of relief and also the savings as well isn't it at the end of the day it is the savings because lots of people say, Roger, you know what? I've got all this stuff in my garage that's broken. Mm. It's out there because I don't know where to take it. There's no shops where I can go that I know of to have things fixed. And I don't want to throw it away. So now they know that they can bring it in. And up to now, we've got about a 76% success rate. So there's a pretty good chance that we might be able to might well be able to fix your your, your broken waffle sprocket or whatever it is because one of the team might uh, say you don't know the expert field on something one of your colleagues might exactly and so for example james he said james is an expert he, james fixes clocks watches musical instruments and he used to be a dyson vacuum dealer right. ian is an expert in automotive electronics so he can fix electronic components and we've got um frank he mends and builds his own kaleidoscopes at home so if you look at all those constituent skills <laughs> yep. it gives us a fighting chance are you looking for more skilled people at the moment no we're not because we've got we've got 22 and so when when our village um hall is booked um, we've got enough repairers, um, but our, what we'd really like to do is to just make more and more customers aware of what we're doing. And you know what? If we could appeal to a younger audience, so hopefully many of the younger members of the audience listening today, we'd love to be able to work with you because part of what we do is to try to be educational. And if we can get all the community working together to want to do something about avoiding waste and making the environment a better place. That's got to be a good thing. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Now then, we mentioned the website earlier on and the meetings. Next meeting's going to be? Next meeting, July 29th in St John's Church in Hartley Whitney. Yep. And then the following one, August the 26th, is in the lovely old medieval cross barn building in Odium. Right. Not far. And then September 30th after that, in Sherfield on Loddon Village Hall. So you rotate around a little bit. We do rotate around, but all sorts of villages write to us and say, please, please, please come to us. And uh, finally today then, tell us where the website is. Okay, so the website, which has got all of the up-to-date information, it's got lots of pictures of our lovely, lovely customers, 
is simply www.nhrc.uk. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Derek, thank you very much indeed for coming in and raising awareness of the club. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to be here.